0: Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me a sister, like a real, true soul sister. One of the Handel sisters, one of the mavens behind what I call my greatest transformation that happened about, uh, let's say, almost 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Marnie Neer, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Elena Brower, thank you. You're definitely a sister. For sure. Marnie is now the Senior Vice President of Content and an expert coach at the Handel Group. She finally returned from Florida, which was a while back, um, a period in her life she likes to refer to as witness protection to her home <laughs> state of New York. It's Okay. It's, you know, it is what it is. She's shuffled around New York, California, back again. Her professional and personal life now involves writing TV shows and, oh my God, taking care of two incredible now college-aged kids. And now you're the Senior Vice President of Content and Development. It's an incredible journey that you've taken. And for my listener, if something goes terribly wrong in my life, which is extremely rare but has happened, one of the first five people I would call is Marnie. Um, She's heard from me in moments of crisis. She has always provided a voice of not just reason, but humor laced with compassion, total honesty, and she inspires me in every which way to be a better person. I go on once a month, along with my best friend, Ali Bogard, to visit with Marnie on her Friday wine down. Now, you all know that I don't drink, and so I don't care about the wine part, but she spells it with the (laughs) W-H-I-N-E so that we can all come together and just tell the truth about where we're at and get some really good free coaching. That happens Fridays. Which Fridays of the month is it, Martin? How about every? (laughs) That happens every Friday. Perfect. Since March,
1: since March. It used to to be every day, and now now it's just Fridays forever until the end of the pandemic. So, you know. I Your love guess
0: that. is good as mine. I actually love that <laughs> idea. Yeah. And I love being being there because it gets me to sort of flex the muscles that you guys have helped me uh strengthen, which is the muscles of listening and helping and you know, reflecting and also just offering my own experience. And it feels really good yeah. to be there. Um, I'm having you here because We have a lot of different courses now at the Handel Group that I want to talk about, most of which you have helped to orchestrate. And all of which, according to my dear colleagues, students, friends, family, are incredibly transformative, Mm. quietly and incredibly transformative. And I would love to talk a little bit, really honestly, about the love course, because I think that's the one, the one that people need the most right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about how that was born. I know I have parts in it. I was recorded too. Uh, audio. True. I know. I love it. Tell us about it.
1: Um, I think it was, Oh, it was always my sister Lauren's dream to, uh, to make coaching accessible for everybody. Right. It wasn't just private coaching or only people that could afford it. Uh, how can we go contribute to the world, offer it, and really give her method out as best we could. Uh, so, you know, it started with the book, um, you know, but not a lot of people read. <laughs> and there's a lot of work in it. There's a lot of work to do in the method. And so we started with a general one, but we really knew that Most of our clients, really a good percentage, come to us looking for love or looking their way out of a relationship or figuring out what's going on um, that they want love and they can't or haven't found it yet. So we knew that love was going to be an important uh, digital course that we needed to offer people of how to take people through uh, the Handel Methods Love Coaching and put everything and the kitchen sink we could think of in it so that you could, uh, if you wanted and dared to do it alone without us. Right. And then we'd offer a masterclass to, uh, you know, have your back in case you don't even get started oh <laughs> and figure out how to have you um, care as much as we do about your love life.
0: Got it. Now when you take people through this course and I know that, Obviously, we can't talk about the contents, the course too too in too much in detail here. But where does the door open? You know, I'm somebody who's let's say I'm somebody who's single for a long time, and now I'm stuck in the middle of a pandemic, being single, and I'm feeling very afraid of all the things. Where do you begin?
1: Uh, we begin in interview love where we begin really with any client. If you just came to me and got on the phone with me, I'd have you do the first assignment we have you do in interview, which is write a couple dreams. Uh, the good news about interview love for people <laughs> that is that we only have you only have you write three dreams. Mm -hmm. as opposed to in our life course, where we have you go write 12 dreams in different areas of your life, and then go to work on three. For love, we really know the areas that there are probably uh, like most cavity prone, right? So we Mm -hmm. have you go write your love dream. We have you go write your relationship to self dream. And we have you go write your body dream, like body and health, because those tend to be the three areas um, that would be the most telling and effective to like head on first Mm -hmm. for you to go make sure that you like you (laughs) before we go looking for love. uh, We start digging with you and seeing what's going on and seeing how much you're willing to admit you really want in this area that you may have given up on Mm -hmm. and or
0: blaming the pandemic on for why you can't have it now. Right. It's interesting how in in reflecting now, looking back, because now I've been working with you guys for a really long time and I feel I take for granted often that I always have to look to myself first. I have very few mm. arguments with people anymore. You know, because I'm never I'm very often looking to myself rather than blaming the other person for the issue and of course now Mm. pandemic time i'm mostly with james and what i can say about that the the success that the the work that i've done with the Handel group has had on me on us is that both of us kind of are very willing to be like well maybe it's me (laughs) you know (laughs) yes we ask more questions rather than point more fingers and we have a tendency to, if, even if we do have an argument, like I'm, I'm smiling so big, we laugh so hard at ourselves and we we don't take it so seriously anymore. We just we just find out what the other person is going through and then we find a way to laugh about it. Yeah.
1: It's so important and it's okay, so especially if you're, you know, this is like Noah's Ark, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, totally. am I with the person I want to be with? And uh, look, I think, you know, part of what's so awesome about you and James now and the work that you guys have done and the work you've done on yourself is there's not like a whole pile up of stuff you haven't resolved, right? So that one fight isn't about 10 years worth of laundry you got on the other person, right? right? So there really is like how much you've already resolved, how much you talk through it, how many like of your bad traits you already know so that you're not, Look, we all can finger point easily. I could finger point in two seconds, right? Mm. Except I've learned uh that it's it's not my happiest place, right? It's so much more fun to love my partner, right? And and to not be in the sport of proving him a jerk and not noticing that's so jerky of me. Right. <laughs> but right. I really always have a choice of whether I'm going for like low-hanging fruit or not.
0: It feels so shitty to point fingers and be like, it's your fault. And there's no way out of that. There's no way out. I can't change the other person. If I'm pointing fingers at them, I can't change them. If I can turn the lens on myself and say, I wonder what my role was here.
1: Yeah. Or even like, what's my version of what's pissing me off. Right. So usually you could, like, I can always find, like, if I'm pointing at sheer my husband and, you know, telling, you know, Oh my God, he's such an arrogant so-and-so. If I like can't get the joke that, uh, I can be arrogant at times. Like I have to get, I picked him for a reason. And if I'm pointing at him, I swear I do some version of it or we wouldn't even be together Mm -hmm. if we weren't fricking frack.
0: You know, I was listening to the Gottmans recently talk about this and how, we so often, actually, I think it was Brene Brown in interviewing them. She she was talking about how so often we marry people or or get together with people who are very different from us. It's so exciting, and then by the time we get to the point where we're freaking out that it's not working, we're actually guilty of trying to make them exactly like us. Funny, uh-huh. it seems to be the case, and. I don't know. Every time I look at James and I have some sort of like finger pointing happening, I'm trying to make him do things more like I do them. <laughs> and I think that has some truth. And what I love about the love course is that it it sort of takes all of that kind of behavior and says, wait a second, where is my place in this finger pointing. Why am I trying to make this person to be more like me when I really fell in love with him for being himself? And the the all the work that we do, having a dream, dreaming up how we want to be and who we want to be in the context of the relationship, all of this helps me to refine the way I think. Not just the way I act, which was the first thing, but the way I think. Like I catch myself thinking shitty things, mean things, and the work helps me to stop those thoughts and start just feeling more empathetic for myself. Yeah, it's true. And for him. It's true.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the course, there's this one assignment Uh um, called the Relationship History and Name That Pattern. And we really have you go back into, I think you did the demo for this one. I did. I think we have you go back into your whole history, right? And really do an inventory. So scary. Right. And there's parts where you're like, you know, you could throw up <laughs> you're like, I don't want to do an inventory. I don't even remember that person's name. Who was that redhead? Right. Like, there really is a part where you have to get how unconscious we've been or what, or mm. we've got nicknames for half of the people in our life that, mm-hmm. you know, that we jumped back in high school, back in college, but the doing of it the- post college,
0: post college. There are people that I have nicknames for whose names I actually don't recall. I'm so embarrassed to say. <laughs>
1: I think you and the rest of us, right? And then, you know, then there's some of us, myself included, where, like, it's almost embarrassing, right? Because I really didn't have a great, like, I, I didn't have game, yes. okay? where you're like, wow, this, I was pretty, like, college was pretty much, you know, I was really lousy at dating and didn't play and have nearly as much fun as I could have. I was really too busy in another sport altogether. So, but in the inventory where you start to go right and answer some questions, trying to really investigate what your patterns are when it comes to dating and who you pick, who you marry, who you divorce, who you dump, like all of those, who dumps you, was there any cheating? You get to start really uh, figuring out truly the sport you've been in. I can't even put it a better way than th- there's a sport we're all in and most of it isn't out to go prove love magical or easy or fun or, you know, long living, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yeah. Like we're in a way different sport. And for most of us, it's not even our sport. It's our parents or our parents' parents' sport right. that we're either avoiding or repeating. Yeah. So it's an awesome Sometimes like gruesome (laughs) assignment, but you really get the oh, like uh, you get the oh no of what you've been doing, and you could start to really see your fingerprints all over your like love life's crime scene.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what I did. Yeah. And now I can see the. (laughs) Now I can see the hand leaving the sleeve (laughs) before it makes the fingerprint. on the vehicle. I I will never stop thanking you for all of this. Even the time that you spent with me and other people who you know really kind of never worked out. They were never going to work out. You spent time and you helped us. Yeah. I'll never yeah. thank you. I'll never stop thanking you for that. Ah, uh, so
1: much fun for me. It really is to to be able to help people see that. And and as much as you think you don't want to see it, it really is um it's it's inspiring to see it and to learn it and not to come from feel bad about it or any of the crap that we do to it, right? This is not about like re-guilting or shaming yourself of the sport you've been in. It's about um, being able to tell the story, like from, you know, your higher self's perspective of here's what you were here and here's what you were learning and here's what you were digging into and figuring out. Like there isn't a person in your life that wasn't in your life for good reason, even if it was a bad
0: experience. Yeah. Let's, let's get into that for a second, because I think that's, that's kind of where the gold is for me. Yeah. Yeah. Elaborate a little bit on that, because I feel like that's the lesson that all of us really need to learn.
1: We all want to go, no matter how much work we do on ourselves, I don't this it's just the nature of the species that we want to go feel bad about it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. or blame people. Like it's just like see human packaging, right? We blame, we make excuses, we feel bad uh, as opposed to just getting that um no lessons, no matter how hard the hell that are bad. They're the perfect ones because they're ours. Okay. Right. So if you can stand in that and being willing to tell it, not from uh, the victimized perspective, even though some of the shit that's happened to many, many people sucked, sucked, right? But if you're like, I'm here for a reason, I'm here to learn that person was in my life, I picked that person or I opened the door to that person, here's why, mm. right? And could really go from the, the right lesson for you. The right lesson to take it and learn in honor of our lineage, not despite it, not because of it, not our plight, but really in honor of what we're here to go stop the pattern by uncovering it all and being able to tell it from uh, a grown-up perspective. It's really like bringing an adult to the table of the kid that suffered whatever they suffered and be able to tell an honest, beautiful story not sugarcoat, not even not sad, but here's what I learned so that you could stop repeating it and then your children could stop repeating it and you could get so much more ahead in the baton passing to your children of what they picked you to hear learn about
0: love. Yeah. I often felt when I was, and still to this day, actually, when I when I apologize for things, when I fix things that I've mistakenly, misappropriated or, or mislabeled. I feel that I'm doing it on the behalf of many others in my family, in my community. You know, I feel things changing sort of, I don't really mean this, but I do sort of in the matrix in the atmosphere, you know mm. And yeah, I, I want my listener to hear me say that because there's something about the Handel group work. That isn't just, okay, I'm going to come clean and I'm going to do this right and everything's going to feel good and, you know, going forward, the communication is going to be better. All of that is true, but there's a spiritual component. I hate that word now. It's so overused. <laughs> oh, it's, I just can't even, I need another word. <laughs> I need another word, but there, there is. If, there, if, if anyone could come up with it, you can. Oh my God. But there, there is this, there's a component where it's it sort of transcends time. And many other people are healed when one of us chooses to stand up to our own perceptions and shift them.
1: Mm. It's
0: very, very special work. I consider myself very fortunate to have gone yeah. through it. Yes, I really have. I think I've... Early on, I figured
1: out, like, the most fun to use my issues right? Right. is
0: for good. Right. Of right? course. You know, it's like, "Can't let me just go out my own asshole for the good of others, would be my gig. You know, it was interesting the other day. James has a men's group, and he's in there every week for several hours. And at one point, I was going into his office to drop off the light that i had been using on a call that i was on and you know the ring light lives in there so i go to the door i stand in front of the door and i'm just about to open it and i'm fumbling a little bit because the light is so ginormous and i don't want to break the wall and i hear him say something about sex with me i'm assuming (laughs) oh my god i lost my shit (laughs) I totally lost. I didn't scream. I didn't do anything. I went back. I cooked dinner. I made a beautiful meal when he came in. I did all the things. I gave myself empathy and I was just like, okay, James, I would really appreciate it. This is going somewhere, so bear with me. I would really appreciate (laughs) it if you would not talk about our sex life with your men's group. And he was like, well, you know, I wasn't really talking about you. I was just saying a certain thing about myself. And It wasn't actually relating to you personally. It was relating to sex in general. And Lala, it matters not that it actually wasn't about me. (laughs) But for the first time, I actually didn't freak out. And I didn't blame him. And I didn't start to get worried about it. I thought of what you've just said, Marnie, which was, you know, why don't I just use my issue for good? And I kind of just let it go. Mm. and shortly thereafter we were sitting down to a really nice dinner that I'd made and he was saying how you know he'd been referencing this old version of himself and it was like the farthest thing from what I thought actually in the end (laughs) in the end but it was so cool to come to the realization that you know what what's there to hide actually I have nothing to hide anymore I have nowhere to go I don't None of it really matters what, what people know, what they don't know. You know what I mean? It's just life. And we're all humans here together at this very strange time.
1: That's so funny. I was giggling the musty because um, I had like a very similar experience the other night. Uh-oh. Only I don't think I was as like transformed as you. Because <laughs> right? I think Sheer made some joke. He made some joke because I think he also he was talking to a good friend of mine and he was making a joke because you know we're here, so luckily in, in Costa Rica now and he's here with my two sisters and right. my sons here and all that and so he made a joke about having like three wives. Right, of course. Right, so he made like because yeah, he is kind of he and because. Uh, he really is like David Sansa just got here, Lauren's husband for a little bit, but he really is the one who's like making coffee. Mm. He's like, you know, he's he's our his name is Sheer, but we call him our Sheerba. Oh, <laughs> and he's funny. and so, but he made some joke of like she said. So my friend said like, oh, are they all blowing you or something ridiculous like that? She made that joke, and he was like, I wish. Or so, he made some I wish. Not really in the sister vein. In the like, <sighs> I heard it as me, right? Ugh, and now, of course. I, as, so my first reaction was not lovely, right? It was like don't, it was the same as yours. It was like, "Don't are you?" But it was meaner because I went straight to defensive, right? Like, "What are you talking about us? Could you not make jokes? What are you saying? Could you just ask for a head if you wanted?" How we? How about that, we, <laughs> like, how about like, that if,
0: we just both of us had this experience in the same moment? <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: had that and then I like also lightened up like why would if? why would I have an issue unless I had an issue right of course. like well, what do I care I tell everyone everything so it really ended up back with like honey do you have a request <laughs> right, from me right. Right? right and can you just make it I don't have to kill you for that I don't have to punish you now right like you ain't getting sex right which is my at- jerk that wants out of it anyway <laughs>
0: We're very punitive. Women are very punitive in general. It's disgusting,
1: right? It look all roads point to what I'm trying to get out of, right? So if I don't have to be in my heart, if I could blame him for why I don't have to go be generous and mm. go play, even though sex is so much fun, I use it like my mm. bad traits, uh, like want to just blame him for why I'm not being generous and fun, right? right. right. <laughs> Versus I'm just stingy, not
0: that fun, and have a promise to keep and be great about. So it was, that's funny. To women, it, it is funny. And it jars another question. To women who are in quarantine with their men and they're kind of like, you know, a little bit apathetic about sex right now,
1: what would you say? Look, I think the pandemic is the funniest, not funny, like in funny, but the funniest excuse yeah. we all use, right? Like, it's why I don't get on the Peloton. It's why, like, I've used it for why I don't have to invite more people to dinner that I didn't really want, right? right. Like, you're, like, it's, ugh. Like, so where, where I use it for bad like that, I've got to go cut it out and get honest, like I do. Here's my rule about sex and relationships. Um... What did I, I said a funny line the other day. I said, like, you're screwed if you're not screwing. <gasps> totally. <laughs> right? And here's why, right? It's not just because it's nicer of you and you feel like a better partner and you really do. And sex is fun. Mm. Right? Totally. <laughs> like, just like exercise. I never exercise and go like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Totally. Right? totally. Uh, but the more, here's the thing. I have to like Sheer in order to have sex with him.
0: That's so very true, very true.
1: I I have to feel connected to him. I have to like him. I can't just do it to keep a promise, really. Like I have, like in order for me to have fun with sex, I, I have to like him. So in order to like him, I have to constantly help him out of like drowning in a pool if he's drowning. Right. So there's things I want him to say to me. There's things I want him to apologize for. There's things I made up. He said that he might not have said that I get to go constantly be the friend and partner I want to be with him. So I need to constantly be in the sport of proving him great and really liking him. So for me to have a sex promise. So I have a sex promise of twice a week at least. Okay. We've been married 27 years. We're on vacation. I should up it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're working, but I'm really in warm sex weather, so it should be higher than 2, but I have at least twice a week. And that forces me to like him
0: quicker. You said something about the game gaming seeing what's great about him. Can you say that again if yes. you remember? In order to ha-
1: keep my promise. So my promise, because I have a dream of who I want to be as a partner and a best friend and a lover with him. Like right. I really have who I want to be. The greater a partner, the happier and prouder I am. Right. Besides, it sends my man out into the world, prouder, um, sexed up, <laughs> right. and feeling manly. I am in a game to like sheer. I'm not allowed to not like him. That's my promise. So that means, right, he leaves a dish in the sink. I want to kill him. I'm not allowed to kill him. (laughs) I got to either go have a conversation or I got to lovingly clean the dish and talk myself off that stupid ledge because the reason he didn't clean the dish is because he's on another phone call making a
0: difference in the world. Word. Okay. Which he really does. Which he really.
1: Which does. he really does. Right. So it's not. I swear he didn't leave the dish in. Like what my where my head wants to go. <laughs> he did that on right? purpose. He did it on purpose. He he thinks his job's more important than mine. <sighs> it's disrespect. Totally. And like I could go. I could go into where my mother would go in a nanosecond. Like it's not even mine. I don't even know where that comes from. It just is an mean.
0: We have to we have to explore that lineage part too. I think that's important. Yes.
1: So I have a choice, right? Like to really, what sport do I want to be in? I have to keep my promise of sex twice a week. I have to like him. So it has me all lined up to be a better human than I wake up. Right. Right.
0: Right. 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 Got it. Right. Got it. Okay. So a couple of things we do have a tendency to take the ancestral trauma of our lineage and make it our own. Now, for my listener, I do realize that we're not talking about life and death situations here in this moment, present day. But if there were traumatic experiences, let's say three, four generations back, that caused a certain set of beliefs and behaviors between men and women or between partners, let's say, in our families, guess what? We're still playing out those misunderstandings until we choose to face them. And I think this is the crux of this lineage of mean that both of us, you and I, it's, I don't think it's just our mothers. I can't blame just them. There are generations past before them yes, where they were you know, forced into certain situations or they were treated improperly and were, as a result, um, not just hot-headed because that's so prejudiced, but it's they were on the defensive, traumatized and re-traumatizing from generation to generation all the time. And I think we're still dealing with that. Now, of course, I have to take responsibility for my behavior, as does Marnie, as do you, my listener. Like, if you're a mean you know what you know you have to take responsibility i have to take responsibility which now that i can do that and i have the words and i have a few i have other teachers too judith lassiter teaches me how to how to communicate in many many very effective ways but starting with this work i find finally that i'm as i said before repatterning what i think are generational grooves that don't need to be here anymore and don't belong to me. And I find that fascinating. Yeah, I just find I find that fascinating to me. Like that's, that's so cool. How cool is that?
1: I think it's so cool. And then it's, look, finding it cool, finding it really pretty, right, for you to, to, that's part of your gig here is to, and that's part of what You know, if you want to believe, you know, what the Kabbalah says and your soul comes back, like picks, your soul picks your parents to evolve Mm -hmm. these traits. Mm -hmm. And I love that thinking that I'm here to go evolve my mother's mean wherever she got it from, right? And then the Handel tries to go, like, can we get lighten up about our dark? Can we make a funny name to those traits that you definitely got from your parents, but they got them from someone else and you picked your parents in order to deal with it or not? Mm. Right, just like your children picked you to deal with what you came in with and how ahead you got of your parents. So I think it's an awesome gig of mine to go deal with evolving my mother's, you know, mean because of you trait. (laughs) Right. You know. Right. (laughs) And
0: I feel like also there's this element of softening that happens when we do this work that I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to put a finger on it or words to it, but I feel softer, even though I've only become more precise and more pointed and focused in my communication around these very nebulous and emotional things that are, sometimes you can't even put a finger on them because they're generations old. Um, but mm. I, the softening, I think, is a real interesting boon that I wasn't expecting to feel. Yeah. So...
1: I I could probably use some softening work.
0: (laughs) You you are so you don't even realize how soft you are. The way the way that you see even the use of the word pretty, like in that context, you don't Mm -hmm. even realize how soft you are. But we all do. We love we love your foul mouth on Fridays and we love your you know, your very direct coaching and all that stuff is very important and part of what we all gain from being with you. But the truth is on those Fridays, in any personal coaching that I've ever done with you, where we just sit down at the kitchen island and shoot the shit and you help me immeasurably, it's, there's a softness that allows you to see what the situation actually is, that is critical for for anyone who's helping another person live a better life. Yeah. So, you you gotta take that all the way to the (laughs) bank, sister. (laughs) (laughs) okay anything else anything else that we need to address today anything that you want my listener to know um, my listener can also go back and listen to the episode that I did with Lauren um, probably just over a year ago Mm. in late 2019 which was awesome and timeless well worth your time to listen Mm. if you haven't anything else that you would like to address though together today and you can put me on the spot if you want to.
1: Um, I have no idea. let me think. Um, I don't know if I do I mean, I think I just want to acknowledge the like the magic of you. Can I do that here?
0: Absolutely. whatever <laughs> you wish. like you have the floor and I want it I want you to address what you do. yeah I mean,
1: for me having you on my community calls and it's you and Allie is, is so moving for me because one, I've always looked up to you, right? And I was thinking about it today of like something I've learned recently is that the, the people that I'm first, when I first meet, because I really remember Elena when I met you first, mm-hmm. right? There's like a level of like, I, I, here's Elena. I like have always considered myself a little dark, a little sarcastic, a little funny, like that sister, of the sisters and then so i meet elena and she's like we're at a a a, a friend's david zander's birthday party she's got like hula hoops with her Mm. right like and in my world that's like we'll never be friends right not because i don't think you fucking rock right it's but like my first go-to it was like even with Allie too it was like my first go-to is not not me not mine and what I want to share with people, like if there's anyone out there that's like that, right? It's the thing to learn is the not mine is you like, there's a jealousy there that I don't want to feel. Oh, wow. Because, right, because it's like easy to just go, oh, not mine. Oh, she's too pretty. Oh, she's barefoot. Oh, spare me. (laughs) Like my go-to protective mechanisms that I don't realize, that I've only come to realize now Mm. is something I want, but I'm not admitting it. Wow. And I don't think we all know that. I think, look, of course, you could read people and you could go, no, thank you, no, thank you. But I think a lot of my no thank yous, when I meet someone I consider like a one mm. and I want to make myself a two, mm. and I think we'll never be friends or that's not my people, I need to keep looking. And that, and I'm, cause I'm drawn to them, except like my first go to is go get away. <laughs> That's, that's Lauren's friend. Those not my people. That's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And the, the funnest for me is to have like a, you and an alley on the call. Cause one, I feel your love. I feel you like that. I could ask you guys to come and that you come moves the shit out of me. Yes.
0: Yes. Right. Yes,
1: and yes, I yes. never let myself feel that. And I never let myself, it's not never anymore. Right. But the stepping up to be with fellow ones. Versus sit back and judge or think it's not mine is a new thing I'm learning and seeing. Mm. And that's who you are for me. So I just wanted to say that. And for everyone else, because I know I'm like a lot of people. <laughs> it's why I coach. It's why I love coaching. Because I really think I'm speaking for many people that do what I do. And I, ha- and I have to go kill a one versus just notice I am one too. Right,
0: right, right, right. Wow, that's that's a very special, important, pertinent, relevant teaching. Mm. Very good, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. I look forward to more and more and more. I can't wait for our next Fridays coming soon, and you and I get to go live shortly on Instagram yes. about the love course because it's we're recording this mid February, and it'll probably come out in a couple months, but. It's really nice to to know that we, we get to see each other in a few minutes, which is a good feeling. Okay. I am so thankful for, for all that you've done for me and for us and my family. Oh, there was one last thing. I thought you would laugh. Jonah was making a joke. I'm dropping him off at one of his classmates uh, early next week. They have a day off and he was like, mom, I'm going to go over to her house and I'm so excited. I'm going to eat some edibles. And I was like, I totally, I totally ignored it. And then when I got home and I got in front of him, I just was channeling you. And I said, Jonah, just so you know, as I hand him his Chipotle special treat, I said, just so you know, if you are going to eat edibles, and for my listener, by the way, I've been sober for six years. I was totally addicted to marijuana. So this isn't an easy, nor is it uh, a flippant thing for me. Okay. So this is, this is me growing up. And I said, if you are going to eat some edibles, make sure your belly is relatively full first. (laughs) And he goes, Mom, I was just kidding. I'm like, I'm just telling you when the time comes. Oh, my God. I love that. I was totally channeling you. And, of course, I don't want him to do that, of course. But you know what the truth is? The less taboo I make it in watching you parent, the less taboo I make it, the more likely it is that he'll make really good choices.
1: Yes, and then and even better, right? That he won't lie to you. Yeah, right. Because look, it was a test you passed. Exactly. Right? Most we don't pass, right? Unless you've done the work on yourself. You because you know you're gonna have to decide who you want. Like everyone out there, decide who you want to be as a parent. Totally. Right? Because because you, your kids, especially if you did it, they're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. It's just, do you want to be the kind of parent that they tell?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Right. I have a funny here. I'll tell you mine, since we're obviously twins. Twinsels. <laughs> so, so Sophie, my twenty-year-old, called me, and she was all excited because there's was a guy she likes, and um, she was all proud because she like she was out with her friends. Right. And she's, she's telling me the whole story of she was out with her friends and her friend was selling this other girl an Adderall. And uh, okay. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So Adderall. And, uh, and then she found out that this girl is friends with this guy she was seeing and like has already heard, like the guy has already started talking to her about Sophie. Right. So Sophie, this girl has heard of Sophie. Right. Mm. So Sophie's all excited that the guy's talking about her. And I got off the phone and I was just so proud of myself that I didn't like go for what I normally would go for. Right. Like, oh, that's great. Some of you were in that car. (laughs) I was just someone that loved up my daughter, that she didn't have to qualify what she'd say to me like I did to my mom. Right, Right? that she could just be her and and she doesn't have to like get my wrath or my judgment. And I get off the phone so proud of me that I could be the kind of mother she could say anything to.
0: That's how I felt. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. I was so proud. Oh, my God. I so always want like because
1: most of us find out we're a little full of shit. Because we always like walk around like I wish my parents took me to Planned Parenthood. Like we all like we all have the list of what we say we wish our parents shoulda coulda done. But then when push comes to shove and you're now a parent, are you really doing it?
0: Look, when I did you really mean it back then, right? Yes, when I was that age, all I wanted was to be accepted. Mm. I knew I was gonna go to a good school, I knew I was gonna end up with good grades, I didn't need them to be like harsh with me in order to make that happen because I have my own conscience. Like you said, I think the best thing that we can do is just accept them and allow them to to be themselves, be humorous, be light, you know, with boundaries, of course. Like, dude, <clears throat> you're doing your homework. You're handing me the gaming keyboard until that stuff is done. You know, push comes to shove. I have to put up a boundary. I'm going to do it. But when it comes to choices like that, like if, if nobody's going to die, I'm going to be cool. Yes. And thanks. Thanks in no small part to you. It's, you know, you have the
1: conversations after that you need to, but who do you want to be? You really want to be someone your kid could not lie to That's right. and that you'd be like that kind of mom that they really could say. And then you could really have the real hard conversations if you need to. And, um, but be that for them. Because I swear we all wanted that or said we wanted that from our parents, but never
0: asked for it, really. Yeah. I told him, since he was a little, little thing, and a little, little person in my arms, and I keep reiterating this. This is the last thing, and then we'll go. I keep saying how, if you tell me the truth, like, even if you're really fucked up or a friend is really fucked up, like, if you tell me the truth, I will never get you or anyone else in trouble. Mm. Give me the chance to help and be honest with me. Yeah. And that's all because of you. And then Beth, your eldest sister. So it's Marnie, then Marnie, then Lauren. No, Lauren's the youngest. You're the middle. Beth is the eldest. Beth taught me many, super duper many years ago, 10 years ago. She said, every night, ask Jonah, what you could do better? What could be better mm. about you? I've never let go of that. I've taught it to countless humans. Oh, that's um, so pretty. Which that is. That's pretty. Like, and now I go to him and he expects the the question. <laughs> and sometimes if I don't ask it, he'll be like, mom, don't you have something to ask me? You know, or, or oh, mom, you could have done this a little bit better today. Like he'll just <laughs> offer it, which is so cool because I am, I'm trained to take it and just accept the feedback and the kid and I have a really good thing. Really good thing. Oh, that is awesome. Can you
1: imagine if we really trained our parents to do that? We just never did. We were so busy in another sport with them.
0: Yeah, we were. We were, we were in the sport of hiding and lying. Yeah. And proving them what to fill in the blank. Right. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Oh, cute. Well, I'm going to see you shortly for our live uh, po- yeah. listener my listener. If you're listening to this, um, I want to just tell you where to find Marnie because I think it's important. Um, the course that we referenced many times is my dot slash love my dot slash crg-love yeah and then you'll have you'll have a
1: link i'm sure to be able to find everything and take you could also take the love sex and dating
0: quiz is a lot of fun too oh boy.
1: uh but yes and then you get interviewed for half off for being a fan of elena's
0: oh that's fun that's the lsd quiz
1: you do the. it's true that's a wink oh LSD, love sex and dating quiz.
0: On the web. Because when
1: I write those things, oh. I like to amuse myself.
0: Of course. <laughs> no, you and you amuse us all, I assure you. <laughs> on the uh, on the worldwide web, it's handelgroup.com, H A N D E L group.com. You can find them on Instagram at handelgroup, Facebook at H G Life Coaching. And I will make sure that all of the relevant links are below. I thank you, Marnie, with all of my heart. I love you so much.
1: Love you too. Thank you, Elena. Thank you for being here.